What's up, guys and gals? Welcome to our fifth episode of Queen's Grit. It's Tuesday, May 26th. We want to open with a quote from David Bowie. I'm just an individual who doesn't feel that I need to have somebody qualify my work in any particular way. I'm working for me. joining us tonight um so uh dalen you're a queen's goth queen native i am yeah born and <laughs> raised in jackson heights then moved to bayside and then uh moved to astoria which i've been in since uh, i think it's 2006 so yeah been a while yeah i'm old right? now yeah. i'm an old historian now <laughs> you're like officially a star yeah. now yeah it's true. <laughs> so um as a makeup artist have you always had a passion for makeup uh i did when i was younger i used to play with my mom's makeup and so she let me do that which was fun but she only had a, like literally a handful of products but i loved them so much and still to this day i have very vivid memories of the packaging and and the colors and stuff. And then I started really getting into it. Um, I'd say in my late teens, early twenties, when I went to college, I had friends who would ask me to do makeup for them. And then it officially started in my early twenties. Uh, I had a friend who was kittening for burlesque shows and she was gonna be doing some photo shoots and asked if I could um, help her on the photo shoots. And that's kind of how it started. So yeah, I've been doing it now uh, professionally with published publications and whatnot for, I think, just over 10 years. It's pretty long. Yeah. Long yeah. time. Yeah. Time flies. I know. Even when you're not having fun, it flies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, are there any makeup artists or anything in particular that kind of like was like a you know, that, that single moment that kind of pushed you into, you know, that world? I think um, I love helping people. And truthfully, for many years, I just did it for, for fun without getting paid. And, and honestly, to this day, as a freelance makeup artist, it's, it's so normal to um, get asked to do stuff for free because of quote unquote exposure, things like that. So mm-hmm. I really did it out of fun and to help certain friends with projects or if you know they were going to a wedding or if they were the bride or um just going to a party it was fun for me and I think it became more of something that I wanted to do professionally out of honestly I I was like I I think I could do editorial I know I could do it how hard could it be? It's very hard. It's very difficult. It's very mm-hmm. demanding. And it's also mm-hmm. very expensive. And um, I got a lucky hookup from a friend who his friend at the time was a designer, happened to be in New York for a weekend. Their makeup artist bailed on a professional photo shoot for a clothing Ooh. line. And that was my first like real, actual published editorial. Um, and from there it was like, okay, I I can do this. Now I'm gonna hustle. So I've been hustling yeah. for years now yeah. and it's hard, but I love it. It's pretty yeah, cool. Really cool. I was gonna say yeah. too, like probably it doesn't matter if it's like a hustle because it's something that you enjoy. Yes, that's true. Mm. Um, I think things that you never hear makeup artists and hairstylists, barbers, uh, even photographers, and just in general, like fashion designers and stylists, they don't talk about those, some of the health issues associated with it. So um, it's it's physically very taxing on the body, just being on your, your feet all day and kind of crouched over, but it's that reward of seeing your effort, your creativity mm-hmm. kind of come to life, especially when you have freedom on a shoot to kind of do what you want. There's nothing like it. And then if it actually gets published, that's a whole other level of Oh, wow. Like, I can't even believe that this is real. So I do a lot of, I still do editorial. Um, I mean, not right now with, with COVID and everything, obviously, but editorial is my favorite thing to do, but I do more bridal because that's the bread and butter. That's, 
the moneymaker. So that gives me flexibility to then do certain editorials that might not necessarily uh, actually get published, but it, it allows me that freedom to then do other things. It's funny because you, you just brought up like bridles and stuff. Um, I was going to ask you what is specifically like, like if you have a gig, mm -hmm. right? What would be your favorite type of gig? Would it be like a bridal or like one where it's like completely random? Or are there any specific gigs that that you are like, all right, these are the ones that I love the most? Yeah, I mean, aside from editorial, uh, my my favorite and what I think personally I am best at is pinup. Uh, that yeah. kind of look, it ranges from very natural to very glam to even draggy almost. And that is my mm -hmm. absolute favorite because often when I work with uh, predominantly women who want to be a part of a pinup shoot, it's either for them, it's very self-empowering or it's a gift for somebody. And it's usually, they don't know how to pose. They don't know what to wear and they are so not used to wearing this particular type of makeup. So it's really fun almost putting them into a, a certain costume and the same goes goes for men and for non-binary folks as well. You know, it's just something that pinup in general is so amazing to get people out of their skin. Yeah, it's like burlesque, right? In a way, uh, it can be related. Yeah, so so pinup and burlesque kind of can go hand in hand. They don't always, but yeah, pin -up is a certain style. When you think of like the women in in the old timey, like in the fifties and the sixties, and the bathing suits, and they were the pinup essentially pin up like that Betty Page correct look. yeah like in magazines and you know now there's a whole retro style around it and it's been it's been popular it's never really gone away but I, I think you know with maybe in the last 10 years there's been another uptick in that particular scene mm -hmm. so some people really live it in and out and others that's kind of what their nighttime look is and then others like I said they do it because they know they'll never really have another chance to do it. So they yeah. kind of treat themselves, which is always nice. I love working on, on shoots and gigs where people are like, I'm treating myself to this. And you're like, yeah, okay, so let's let's <laughs> do it then. Do you want three sets of false eyelashes? And then they're like, no, that's, that's a bit much. <laughs> you know? so, it's funny always seeing um, what people's boundaries are as well. So sorry to kind of like take it out to a whole other level, okay. but I like to get into like that real nitty gritty. Um, with COVID-19, the beauty industry is taking a real hard hit. People feel vulnerable without being able to have someone fix up their looks. There's some businesses saying they should be reopened. There's people demanding that haircuts and makeup are essential. Um, I just read an article about how it's slowly becoming like prohibition with underground services. Um, in my past experience, I feel like when I'm working with a makeup artist or anyone in the beauty industry, it becomes like an intimate moment. I'm trusting them with my body, my face, you know, how I look. And so my question to you is, have you thought about what changes to how you run your business will be once this lockdown in New York is over? And do you feel like it will affect the trust and connection between a client and yourself? Yeah, so sterilization sanitization of products and tools is so crucial in this industry and a lot of people don't have proper training and even myself i'm self-taught so in new york you can get around certain things because you don't need it's not required to actually have a real certification to practice makeup so people like myself can kind of get around that for me i try to keep up with all the standard procedures so i am kind of wild about keeping things as clean as possible even repurchasing things if i just feel like it's just time whereas i know a lot of makeup artists don't necessarily do that um that said in terms of the future for me personally uh i've truthfully over the last two weeks been struggling with this it's something that I don't know if it is even worthwhile to, to do after. I don't see makeup artists um, in particular being, although I think it's a necessary profession for the arts and entertainment, I don't think it's one of those that 
you know, in terms of like phasing openings and whatnot, that it is critical or that it's going to be life-saving or essential or anything like that. And so for me, um, I have another job on the side and I, I guess I'm in a luckier position that I can probably stop it. But yeah, I'm definitely at the point where it's, it is a question of, do I wait two years and then I'm a little bit older, things are different. I would not yeah. be surprised if mm-hmm. every state required certification, then I couldn't even practice. Um, so things like that all come into question. And then in terms of people just being confused about why, why can't they just, why can't they just open? You know, I was just at, at UPS the other day, and this is true, this was just the other day, and I was shipping something and the guy there who is bald, ironically, was saying how he doesn't understand why barber shops can't just open. Why can't they just wear masks? And I was like, well, <laughs> well, okay, that's fair. Says bald guy. Right, of course, always. Um, there are male Karens too, <laughs> always with a problem. Um, and I had said, you know, look, I'm a freelance makeup artist, so it's somewhat of a similar trade. You have to understand that wearing a mask and just maintaining six feet of distance, one, that's impossible. You can't, it's invasive, it's hands-on. You are literally working with your skin. It's skin to skin contact for the duration of your session. And that said, whereas we already sterilize products, powder products, cream products, really anything, we depot things into smaller containers, which some people get annoyed with because then you can't see the brand. They don't know what brand Uh you're using. With products now though, and with COVID, we don't know how this spreads, how long it can last and if the the things that we have to clean our products and tools, if that will even properly kill it. So it's very risky to to do it. So I know that all of my friends who do this full time, their businesses are completely on hold until 2021 at the earliest. Yeah. It's almost heartbreaking to hear you say like something that you enjoy that, you know, it's a passion of yours might have to either completely go away or go on hold. Yeah. Yeah, I can't yeah. do it. So I, the brides that I had for the rest of the year, they're they're all postponed anyway until 2021. And this was the first week that a bride reached out to me asking if she could make her October wedding date work. Could I do it? And I said at this time, no, because I don't know what you know requirements there will be. I don't know how this travels in products. So even if I keep myself and everything clean, I have no idea as soon as I open my containers what that means if this is in the air and I just can't risk that. Um, So, so, you know, and then of course she was like, well, I didn't even think of it like that. Thank you for being so honest. So yeah, it it sucks. I mean, anybody else who's not really like uh, considerate or, or thinking of like all of the precautions probably would have been like, yeah, sure. See you in October. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, I have, it's, it's, it boggles my mind seeing other states doing it, especially like the nail technicians, or even you have all the stylists with their, their, the long acrylic and long nails where the bacteria lives underneath and they're lives under the bed. Yeah. Oh man. I, ugh. So while we're on the topic of products, um, we've noticed that you tend to gravitate and use, um, cruelty-free products has that always no. been the case so i my favorite brand to this day is mac cosmetics they stopped being cruelty-free mm. they are still technically cruelty-free but they sell in china and china i think only recently stopped testing on animals but they required any brand any cosmetics line skincare line had to be tested or rather retested so therefore by default they were no longer officially cruelty-free um so when that happened i had to stop using them and then it was just around the time when i made a personal choice to go vegan it just made sense to me that i didn't want to just do one thing and not the other it was kind of like okay if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna stop wearing leather i'm gonna just be smarter about my choices and also the environment and everything so i i've had now a cruelty free kit for several years that said there are some products in my kit that are still from mac or brands that you know that i had purchased i don't want to waste the product if i can still use it but i always whenever i work on anybody 
the one of the first questions aside from do you have any allergies I should know about is do you are you vegan or do you require cruelty free cosmetics I always want to be very mindful of my of whoever's in my chair it's it's really important I think that you cater to who you're working with in any type of customer service job and that's really what it is it's what I offer is a, a luxury product really um, it's not something that everybody can afford. It's not something that everybody can have every single day. It's really a luxury thing. Um, but it's so important that you treat people with the utmost respect and that you respect their wishes too. And truthfully, since my kit became cruelty free, I've had certain brides come who maybe have been more high maintenance, but have also been so much more considerate in terms of also what I'm using or understanding in terms of the questions that I ask and what I'm asking for when scheduling things. So it kind of goes hand in hand. Maybe I have a question for, for Shun, which is um, you are the male on the show. So what are your yes. views on the cosmetics world, Corona aside? I mean, are you, do you think it's overrated? Do you think it's silly or do you think it's kind of awesome? No, I mean, I, uh, like Judith and Barbara can tell you sometimes I go into work with makeup on I love makeup that's awesome um, it's not something yeah it's not something I do all the time but um, it, it is something that I'm into what do you wear to degree a little bit um, I have a I think uh, who is it I think Ooh. I have a Fenty foundation and <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm bougie mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> this is like when I get to talk um, cosmetics though it's it's slightly porn-esque so that's fine <laughs> <laughs> okay um I invested oh you are bougie oh my goodness oh yeah yeah, yeah I go all those the are expensive brushes <laughs> yeah <laughs> they are I know they are so they're really good. soft um but other they are um, but other than like foundation and some concealers and I think I've got some like toners and bronzers other than that I don't have I'm, I don't I'm go down too with crazy that little bit of glow I'm very much so Judith can tell you guys I'm very <laughs> matte all the time very pale all the time yeah um, I am a living vampire but I love putting <laughs> a little bit of bronzer on on people I really like contour I am not a Kim Kardashian, like a Kardashian contouring fan. I think it's really extreme and on a lot of people, it's just not flattering. But I do think a little bit of bronzer can go such a long way to just brighten up a face and make you look less dead. So I, I approve of, of that. So I applaud your cosmetics. Funny. Wow, that must be um, some skill applying makeup if you don't have a reflection. <laughs> it, it is. It is a skill. That was a good one. That was a good dad joke. <laughs> yeah, Shun, that was good. Thank you. All you get with I him. try. <laughs> so it's so funny because um, I, I just wear black eyeliner all the time. Like, that's all I wear. And um, I do wear, like, um, like uh, what is it, glitter body spray sometimes. Like You do? Mist. And um, yeah, so I shimmer. Yeah, yeah. Twilight. Keeping it with the vampire like theme. I'm in like Twilight for yeah. my entire life. So um, one one morning I came in and I was you know I was like spraying myself and I was like looking to make sure that I was like glittery enough. And and Shun's like, Ooh. and he comes over and the two of us are standing there just like shimmering ourselves away. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah like, i love glitter yeah we both do so like one day i'm like you know what i i think uh i think it was cab on d who had some lipstick on sale and um and i was like shoon like i want to get lipstick i think i want to start doing that every mm. now and then and then he was like okay so I'm like, he's like the person that I'm sitting there with and like talking about my decisions on like what colors I should get. Should I do this? And I was, it's kind of funny that you asked him because I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> finally. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's great. I also, I love glitter. It's as you guys as glitter fans know, it's very difficult to remove and to work with. But 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But it's so fun. And it's you, it's kind of like once you put it on, you realize, oh, wait, I need more. It's very easy to go over the top with it and then think you still need more. I think we might have, we almost emptied out that bottle that day. You know, it's funny. (laughs) I'm the opposite. I don't, I'm not glittery. I'm not, I'm, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the years of teaching and working with pre K and having glitter everywhere. It's like, I think it's, like most teachers, if you ask them, they'll probably be like, no, this is an anti-glitter oh, classroom because <laughs> you just learn to, you, you get scared of glitter, you well, know? Classroom um, glitter, like I think the most glitter I'll probably do is my nails. Like maybe I'll put glitter on my nails. That's about it. But anywhere else, no, I don't want to be To be shiny. fair, classroom <laughs> glitter, like crafting glitter is very different from high quality. That doesn't necessarily mean expensive, but yeah, Shimmers, from high quality yeah. cosmetics grade uh glitter and shimmer and just pigments in general so you should you should give it another try yeah i have a ton of it if you're curious (laughs) like i have like a i have a highlighter that i'll use and like it'll give me a little bit but i'm one of those people where it's like no the most i'll focus on is eyeliner and then the really bright lipstick purple lipstick is me like everyone knows me for that i love it (laughs) so you know with uh with this whole like um product conversation um if you were to suggest your favorite palette, what would it be and why? My favorite, you mean eyeshadow palette or like a foundation palette or a blush palette? Yeah, eyeshadow palette. I Let's think go my, with eyeshadow. Hmm, that's difficult. Can I give maybe two? Okay. Sure, fine. Don't you find me. <laughs> so I think one of my my favorite palettes in terms of darker but still very vibrant colors is one of my all-time favorite brands is melt cosmetics um and they have this palette called the muerte palette and it's based off of the day of the deadline and there was a vita palette as well but that was more that was much brighter like it had yellows and oranges and, and greens whereas this one has blues and reds and it still has a few bright colors but it has mostly darker bright colors if you will and it's just Mm -hmm. an incredible palette one of my favorite neutral palettes is from juvia's place um which is uh, also uh, mel cosmetics is female owned juvia's place is also female owned and then pat mcgrath makes an amazing palette like that's my bonus one but juvia's place i think it's called the warrior or the warrior two it's flattering on every single skin tone it's just an entire palette of matte shadows uh completely complimentary Mm. on every skin it's my go-to travel palette it's the only full palette i travel with now um and then pat mcgrath the here i'm gonna pull it out right now it's the it's the mothership i think two or three it's the one with the blue in it yes (laughs) that yeah shun's like yeah in the background yeah Um, that one with the blue in it (laughs) there's something about this particular palette i think if you're looking for a solid one in terms of neutrals and brights and shimmers it's not that they have a necessarily a ton there's a good amount i think there's 10 shadows in them but the quality of them is just superb it's really good for cool tones but honestly it's going to be complimentary also i think on really any skin tones i think it's more interesting than looking at a makeup artist's kit like I have a friend of mine, she does makeup also. And every time I look at her kit, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I don't even yeah. know what half of these things yeah, are Yeah, I have a lot of, um, I have a, it's funny when I'm on set or especially when I'm working for bridal parties, often either the boyfriend or the, the other husbands or other family members will come close to the end and they'll see my kit and they'll go, oh my goodness, that is, you know, are you gonna do me next? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm getting out of here, actually. Um, but they're so fascinated by all the different things. I, I, in terms of brushes, like I have, oh man, I don't even know how many brushes I have. Like easily over a hundred. Um, yeah, easily over a hundred. Maybe closer to uh, two hundred. In all honesty. Um, so yeah, wow. I have a lot of stuff that I cannot use right now. So it's it's. <laughs> being in my office with all of my stuff and my my chair and my light so 
So yeah, it's a lot of stuff. Um, have you ever been interested in FX makeup or like getting into FX oh, makeup? Oh yes, I would love to. I. I think I am too old for it. I don't think you're ever too old for makeup or too ever too old ever to change your career. But because I have another job, it's not in the cards for me to ever really do it. That would take such dedication and really going back to school. That's such a separate art. Again, you're working with chemicals to produce other things aside from just the makeup. Um, like plaster and you know, yeah. latex and I've worked with very basic um, latex doing zombie makeup for shoots and stuff and that was so fun so so fun working with fake blood and everything but for me I have dreamt of doing that but I don't think it's in the cards for me you know um I was in a zombie zombie I remember yeah you looked awesome yeah <laughs> Yeah, so uh, like the the I don't know the artist, the makeup artist that I got assigned to, like she picked me out out of the group of girls that were there, and she did some really like I was so impressed. Like I think I still have photos of like I was supposed to be the ice queen that I froze. Like I somehow stumbled by like some sort of lake. That was my story. And I fell into the lake and I froze, but somehow came out as like a zombie ice queen. And it looked so real. <laughs> like, wow. Like I was so impressed by how she made the effect of like my skin looking like I was like, I guess like cut up, but frostbite. I didn't know time. that story. That's awesome. Yeah. If you can ever look like that, why not? Yo, it was, it was pretty yeah. epic. It's, it's funny. I mean, Judith knows knows me for a very long time so often I'm either no makeup like no skincare even I'm super duper relaxed or I'm full clown face and I'm full of like bright colors on my face and like neons yeah. and big wings and big lashes and it, I feel like it's funny because so many makeup artists that I know are very similar the only time they wear kind of normal makeup is when they're working Otherwise, they're either nothing or full on. And for me, I won't wear makeup when I'm working. I, it's just a distraction. And I never, well, it, it's <laughs> funny because you don't, when I tell people that, it, often people laugh and they're like, why? That's your job. Shouldn't you reflect what you're doing? But when you're working with certain pinup shoots or bridal shoots, it's easy for people that you're working on to get distracted and have a certain expectation of what you're going to do and for some even get a little bit freaked out like oh my god is she gonna do that on me so yeah i yeah. don't ever wear any makeup when i'm working so um i know some of your work has been uh published in magazines um one that really stood out was yeah. uh vogue italia uh what was what does that feel like being published in you know such a reputable uh, that magazine? was the it's having several of them published there has been a highlight of my life which sounds so cheesy and corny but i mean it like deep in my soul because like younger me thinking <laughs> i could maybe do this and then having now a number of publications under my belt a number of them being in vogue italia it's mind-blowing to me and it's very humbling because truthfully I often don't think that my, I think I know my skills, I know what I'm doing, and I know that I can do a good job. But I'm very hard on myself, and I don't necessarily always think that I should be a published artist. There are so many other people who have spent their entire lives going to school, and this is all that they do. So on a level, it's very much like, do I, did I deserve it? And then I see the work and I'm like, actually, that was pretty good. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely that never gets old. Anytime there's a publication uh, that I've been honored to have been a part of that was officially published. Oh man, it is always as exhilarating as the last. It, it is always just tremendous. Yeah, I saw, I was like looking through, like I remember one of them specifically that was on, that made it onto Vogue 
and I was like oh wow like damn she's so humble she never even <laughs> brings this up like <laughs> yeah <laughs> But then it's like, that's my friend. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's. I feel like for I'm always I'm such a hype friend, and I'm a very real friend. Um, and for myself, yeah. I I don't ever I just it's a personality thing. I just don't like hyping up what I'm doing. I'm okay being really content in my work and really. Uh, letting my friends steal whatever spotlight they've got going on. I'm very lucky to be surrounded by very talented artistic people in all different uh, facets of industries. So um, for me, I feel like my my announcement on social media is all that I need. People don't want to keep hearing that you're published. You know, they're like, well, you already did it a few times. So, you know, yeah, yeah. but it, yeah, you but it absolutely like never gets old. I could eat every time it happens i'm like i should tell people no no i won't tell anybody <laughs> <laughs> um i know you just mentioned like working with the you know with teams um people um i know you work with teams for the most part right because you have a photographer you have someone who does hair um is it usually the same people it changes. or does it so change jobs? For editorials, that's that's usually different. I do tend to work with a lot of the same people. I think it's it's very easy to build trust in this industry, just as easy as it is to know very quickly on a shoot, I don't ever want to work with this person again. So for editorials, often it's different, especially if you're part of an agency, it's very frequently different teams. But for bridal, I tend to work with the same people. It's like a little network that, you know, we all uh, work with. And then I also volunteer with survivors of domestic violence. So when I work with them doing makeovers for families for holiday events, I'm very particular in terms of who I invite to assist me and also be a part of the event. I didn't even know that you worked with uh, with the survivors. Yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah so a awesome. couple of times a year, um, it's usually for Mother's Day. So it was sad, obviously couldn't do it this time. But then around the holidays, it's survivors of domestic violence who often are seeking um, refuge in New York. Uh, some of them are, are immigrants, some are native New Yorkers or just native, you know, to the country. And we do free photo shoots and full makeovers, hair and makeup. And then they can bring their whole family and then get a whole day of just kind of pampering and photo op and food. And it's a really cool event. I'm, I'm very honored to be a part of that. Thank you. That's wonderful. I love it. That's really my my favorite thing to do in this industry is is do stuff like that where I can actually make someone genuinely happy for something like that where they've never in their whole life had any type of pampering. Um, and then when I get to teach, that's those are that's those are my favorite times in this industry. Now I promise not to tell. But do you have a favorite team that you like to work with? I mean, I think I, the people who I like to work with, they they know that they're the favorites. So I think for them, hearing uh, <laughs> a shout out of their names is just going to solidify that they're a favorite. So for, for hair and makeup, um, my friend Jessie, who is also a vegan cruelty-free hairstylist and is amazing. She used to do makeup. She transitioned out of makeup and she's been doing hair for 15 years. She's incredible. Um, and then my friend Erin, who's also a very good friend, she does hair and makeup. And then photographer, wedding photography, my friend Nicole is awesome. When she's published, she's been doing uh, photography in the times of, of the coronavirus, actually. She was just published on Long Island um, about her this like new venture for her in terms of photography so i love working with them and then editorial photographers um there's a woman svetlana and another woman emily so i i tend to work a lot with women and it's not necessarily a favoritism or a bias but there is a level of comfort there over the years that i've definitely come to appreciate there's a sense working with women that things seem to go a little bit more smooth they're also a little bit more open to collaboration or 
they tend to know exactly what they want and can just produce. Whereas men sometimes are very, this is a general statement, of course, and it's not always true, but the ones that I've worked with on sets and at events are a little bit disjointed. Oh, no, so, um, and I also oh, work a ahead. lot with um, non-binary and trans folks. So um, I, I, am, I try to always work with the queer community um, and anybody who just has less exposure in, in, in the world. That's really cool. Um, we've noticed that uh, there's a reoccurring cameo uh, in some of your photos <laughs> of Sphinx's cat. Uh, <laughs> um, is that requested by the models or the photographer? Or is that just happened? Yeah, like, Gozer has been randomly? requested, actually. So he he is officially oh. a published cat. <laughs> um, and he was in another <laughs> editorial that didn't unfortunately get published, but that's okay. He was great on set. But the the set that I brought him to, where it was just him, I was not working. Um, he was just working, and I was there to be his assistant. He actually made more than I do normally, so that was a harsh reality check. <laughs> you represented yeah, the cat. Yeah, I mean, everybody, Gozer is definitely uh, an interesting specimen. So he's, and Judith has met Gozer a number of times. He, he loves everybody um yeah he's a really funny yeah, cat so so yeah it's so funny because um one of our previous like uh episodes my friend frank was saying that uh that you know like his dream cat would be a sphinx cat and i was like yeah dude i gotta tell you the story about <laughs> yeah. like my nephew like <laughs> at first i was like oh no and then when i met him i was like yeah. oh my god i want him <laughs> yeah people have met gozer and very flat out said like oh they're seeing like to his little face like you're gross like you're a gross cat and then he's so friendly oh, no. he's so friendly it's yeah. yeah and then they're like so oh sweet. you're the best cat how do i get one <laughs> so he changes <laughs> yeah he changes lives every day <laughs> he does <laughs> so besides going around with gozer because i feel like he's yeah. an important accessory <laughs> um what's one product you can't work without that's a great question i think <laughs> Huh. If oh, so I'm laughing because we we tend to do these like random questions that then the person's always like, hmm. yeah, that is such a great <laughs> question. A product that I cannot work without. What products have I forgotten on on the set and then been like, ah, oh, it's all right. I <laughs> hmm. uh, I think realistically, I could not work without proper prepping skincare and then probably I have foundation I have two foundation palettes I actually have more than that when I go on set uh -huh. um, or I go to a wedding to work or, or whatever the, the gig is but my foundation palettes because in my foundation palettes one you always just need a proper prep work to you know have the cosmetics lay properly on the skin whatever it is so that's always going to be so important um, and then really the foundation palette that I use can be used for almost anything and everything. It has like over 50% pigmentation per shade. So I can use it for foundation. I can thin it out. I can keep it really super full coverage. I can use it for contour. I can even use some of it for highlighting. So I can use it on the eyes. So I probably my foundation palette. You still lost <laughs> me there, but okay. It's totally um, it's it's easily very overwhelming. So we've got some fun questions for you. We've reached that point of this cool. Of I'm excited because <laughs> it hasn't felt like an interview. It felt like yeah. a hangout. Good. So. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, it's like the girls are hanging out talking. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the response. <laughs> All right, so um, we know you're a slut oh, yeah. for perfumes oh. and oils. If you could only pick one scent for the rest of your life, what would it oh, be? Oh man, 
<laughs> oh, just one. I can't even do it. Tiebreaker. Um, no, this one you have to give me one. The smell of blood. No, uh, probably. Um, I think I'm such a a musk whore, but really, any time that I can combine musk with citrus, like in my the body shop many moons ago used to make this particular citrus musk and that kind of started the obsession with oils it was an oil i don't know if you remember like when we were early like tweens i guess the body shop used to have a whole area of just oils they don't anymore now they have a handful they used to have a whole entire like three-tier deck of just different oils and I would go there and it was weird because it's not exactly a huge store, but I would be there for like 30 minutes just smelling everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, long story, <laughs> citrus musk. Okay, so um, I have a vivid memory as well of like my early tween too, where there's, there's like this giant Dwayne Reed on Flushing and Main Street that got remodeled and it looks all (laughs) fancy and it's like two floors and the second floor for some odd reason opened up like this really nice bougie looking cosmetic section and yeah they used to have like these little little scented bottles but they were like you know when you open the jelly bean bag that has like those weird yeah the je- yeah in jelly belly ones like the puke and the egg yeah, or so whatever just yeah picture that into like little bottle little scented bottles and there were like these crazy scents there so crazy that i made my mom one day meet me up on main street so that she could smell them with me one of them was like, i remember that Oh my god. Yo, it was like insane. And there was some sense, like, I can't remember off the top of my head, obviously, right now, but like, I was like, wow, am I weird? No, those were so good. No, and it no, wasn't funeral. I do remember what you're talking about. Yeah, but it was like some, oh, oh. And I, I'm like, why did they get rid of that? Because there was some sense that I would, like, 33 year old me right now would were- be wearing. They were like, if they still made them. I think they were like, yes, I mean, cute at all. It's not terrible now, but when you're a tween, I think they were like twelve or fifteen dollars for a small bottle that was kind of pricey. Yeah, like a little vial. Yeah, yeah. And I, so it's so funny that you you remember that because I, when you were saying that, I was like, oh my god, I remember like literally, like calling my mom and saying like hey are you around because i need you to come smell this and she was like what and she loves perfumes my mom is like the complete opposite she's like you she loves makeup she loves perfumes um and so she was like yeah like all excited i was like smell oh, this I one is it. funeral home yeah i have <laughs> man how many yeah, oils do i have now I need to find out what happened to this company or like, do they still I you make find these them. things? Ugh. Yeah, Amazon or eBay. Try Amazon. You can find anything on those two. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I just don't know like why specifically Dwayne Reed and like, what I happened those, to it? Those stores only anyway. release kind of random things so around Halloween. Like between Thanksgiving and Halloween, the, the regular drugstores get kind of weird. <laughs> So every season yeah. they like release random yeah, things that true. you're like I don't need that but I guess I'm intrigued because you offer it <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. what about well wait what about you guys so, do you we know am, you're a cat am I the only one that loves oils and candles and perfume <laughs> oh no I love perfumes uh my favorite scent oh is that's Cleopatra, a good one Patoka. that's a good one I wear it every day the toka line oh, is quite nice, quite earthy. That one too. That's a good one. Mm. I actually mm. smell like Victor that's been your Rolf's favorite for years. Flower bomb for like the yeah for the last ten years or so. Yeah, <laughs> like everyone <laughs> knows I walk into our room because I mm-hmm. smell like that. Oh, Judith is here. So we know you're a cat lover and a fur mom, like myself. And um, just to shoot a difficult question, if you can pick between your two cats, Jackson Gozer, oh, who's your favorite fur child? So tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough actually because, oh man, 
Man. No, but we know there's a favorite. There's always a favorite. Parents always so, say no. But... They both have. Okay, uh, I'll be honest. <laughs> yes, there is, but it's not like who would I rather die first. <laughs> it's just. It's, no, definitely not. Yeah, I want I him to live forever. Like to but Jackson is my first cat, and he is a rescue from California. And he, I've had panic attacks. And Gozer is Gozer and is a wild child at all times. He's either a wild child or he sleeps. And Jackson is an extremely emotional uh, and very much connected to me. We. So my partner always calls us Cody's because we're both codependent of one another. So he follows me <laughs> all day long and yells at me all day long. So like we have full conversations. So Jackson is my my go-to. <clears throat> yeah, when I don't I feel knew it, well, I knew it. it's immediately I need Jackson. <clears throat> Sorry. Aww. It's so oh, funny because yeah. he does like yeah. follow you around. He's super shy. But once he's kind of acclimated to whoever else is here, he still doesn't care about anybody else. He just cares about being physically on top of me or screaming at me or like pawing at me. So when I go to bed, like if it's around 10 o'clock, he'll come over to me and start yelling because it's like, aren't we going to bed? Are you opening up the bedroom? <laughs> are we going? So we are very, <laughs> if I take a bath, he comes in and just hangs out. <laughs> Um, oh. if you were one of the Golden Girls, oh which God. one would you be and why? I love <laughs> the Golden Girls so much. We're just I'm ready. Um, I would, I think, probably be Dorothy because I'm very, and Judith can attest to this, I'm very blunt. I do not beat around the bush. I am often too blunt and I'm very much known if you know me in person, I say a lot with my face without saying anything. <laughs> and I really can't tolerate, like I can only tolerate so much of any emotion. And then I'm like, I'm done. I need to get away from you. So, so I'm very loyal. I'm a really patient person, but it's very much, yeah, I'm, I'm Dorothy through and through. <laughs> and we always joke that Johnny, my partner is, is Rose. Um. <laughs> <laughs> So on the topic of TV shows, uh, we know you're a big oh, 90 Day Fiance fan. I hate start? reality TV so much. <laughs> like with such <laughs> vehemence and anger, I have so much of it towards reality TV. I'm a big nerd. I love geek culture and horror is my bread and butter in terms of entertainment. Um, but over, I guess the last Same. few years, I don't know, I guess because I'm getting older, I can tolerate reality TV. And now 90 Day whew, TLC makes money off me because I just live to watch those shows <laughs> on that channel. <laughs> me too now. I'm, yeah, I'm sold it's with that, just that whole amazing. Channel. And I know, like, now I actually listen to a couple of 90 Day podcasts that like literally investigate the storylines oh there's podcasts yeah i'm yeah, on another level like i have people on facebook who post i have a friend who does a weekly recap of her thoughts on the episode and oh man i had such a moment last week of where i was like just so you know lana doesn't make any money off her site <laughs> with david <laughs> I mean, she does off the other seven <laughs> sites, but this particular one, she doesn't make money from the agency with David. And anyway, so I know too much. Um, but yeah, I just started, I, I think it was like on one day. <laughs> and I think uh, when I still had cable with Lifetime, they started that show Married at First Sight. It was around the same time that 90 Day was on, but Married at First Sight seemed actually quite real. And once I got that, then I moved on to 90 Day, and I've never looked back. And this season is a whole other world of just, like, hair pulling every week of just what is happening. How are they all real people? So, since you're a huge music nerd, what's the first concert you would want to see live after this is Manage all over it. with the <laughs> lockdown and stuff? 
Yeah. Uh, definitely. <laughs> that was like a no brainer. Easily. Um, and I think uh, I had I had a lot of tickets to shows that now are on hold. So I would love to like yeah. Bauhaus and Rammstein and. I had tickets to see System in California with Faith No More and Corn, so like a lot of shows. But if if I had to pick just one particular band, easily Nine Inch Nails. That makes sense. I can totally see I that. I know. I didn't honestly it was a toss up between me. them and Defcon, <laughs> but Nine Inch Nails always right. will win. <laughs> yeah. So we have the last question for you. So we know you're a big uh, Keanu Reeves fan. (laughs) So this is going to be a scenario, okay? So, (laughs) yes. So Keanu Reeves calls and tells you he's picking you up tonight for a date. You were so excited getting ready for this date that you totally forgot you didn't put on any makeup. You have five minutes to put on some makeup. What would you I would probably not put would on makeup do? at that point. <laughs> I would just be like, I'm gonna, I'm too nervous <laughs> to have my soulmate come get me, even though we already live together in harmony. Um, <laughs> um, but if I had to put on makeup, it would probably just be liner and mascara if I had time. Liner, liner is my like on a Sweet. personal preference <laughs> level. Like, you know, people are like, I could never live without lipstick or mascara or whatever. For me, it's liner. I could live with everything else, but liner is such an identity thing. Same. I think if you are, you know, were like a punky kid or a gothy kid or industrial or like a crusty or whatever, there are certain genres that if you kind of grew up in it, regardless of, of gender and sex, something about liner is so definitive as to who you are it's very ingrained in you and it, it's something that you never get tired of wearing cool but um thank you so much <laughs> thank you guys so much it's been such a joy and an yeah, honor to be right. a part of your very special yeah. project so i'm excited to fun. hear about it and promote it Likewise. and again i'm sorry if i was boring or spoke too much Thank you for tuning in and listening to Queen's Grid. We are three local artists putting this podcast together from our homes until we can re-enter the outside world. We will be interviewing a local artist every week. Next week's artist is Renato from Queen's. Stay plugged in.